I did this a lot with friendships mm. where I'd, I'd want to get someone to trust me and consider me their best friend. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they said, wow, Callie, you're my best friend. It was like a switch went off in my head. Like, I'm just here to get affection. I'm just here to get you to like me a lot. And then once I have that, I'm bored. I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. But it was because of my insecurity. Mm-hmm. If I just felt if I got enough people to like me, I got enough people's affection, enough people's trust, then I'd feel better about myself. Trifling essentially is asking for intimacy without pain with commitment. So you want exclusivity, you want intimacy, but you're not willing to tell people about this person. You're not willing to call them your boyfriend or girlfriend. You're not willing to be honest about your timelines. You're just like, I just really like you. Like, yeah, what are we? We're like, no, don't ask those questions. Just come back over here. Like that, that is trifling because you're gathering something without paying the price, the rightful price for intimacy. Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Down to Earth with the Baruchares. We're so excited to have you guys here. Thank you so much for making time. And today we're going to talk about, again, me and David's relationship trajectory. So we talked about last time, you know, how we met in March 2014. No sparks, really. We did not fall over ourselves for each other. Sorry for the love at first sight people out there. But today we're going to talk about the next phase of our relationship and some few a few events and key encounters that happened there. And we're also going to talk about, in this phase that we're going to share today, we're going to talk about one of the biggest struggles and one of the biggest pitfalls in this very phase. So we'll talk about that after we give some context. So again, we met in March 2014, and then David actually went to China for a bit. So babe, why did you go to China again? Yeah, so hi everyone. (laughs) So I went to China because I was learning Chinese in my sophomore year Mm -hmm. and decided through various events to go to China and spend the summer there serving in leper colonies there. Mm -hmm. Which I'd never heard that existed still, like outside of the Bible. Leper colonies still exist today, especially in China. And it was a very transformative experience. I could go into it, spend an hour (laughs) talking about it. But essentially, I wrote a 15-page testimony don't, don't, don't gloss over that 15 page it's very long keep going yeah describing my <laughs> experience and i sent it to a bunch of friends and i also sent it out to the email serve of my student church mm, that i was still a part of that cal was still a part of because she'd been in michigan mm-hmm. way back when and so she read it and contacted me because she was part of r3 which was a Kind service of like a service organization. organization that did, you know, they did like medical camps in India. Mm-hmm. They served in Dubai. They served in Dubai, right? <laughs> no, but the, the, there was a special <laughs> needs orphanage in Dubai that they <laughs> that they served in. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so she wanted to find out whether... If we could go to China. If, yeah, she could go to China. Mm-hmm. So she reached out to me and she asked if we could talk. And you said yes. And I said, yes. Yeah, so we talked that first time. You were still in China. We talked for like two hours, and only two minutes of it was about China because you ended up talking to me about the same program that I was a part of that you wanted to maybe be a part of, the campus ministry nine-month program. And so, yeah, both Mm. of us left that conversation that we weren't like, we still weren't smitten, but I remember getting after that call being like, man, that guy's really nice to talk to. Huh. Yeah. But that was kind of it. Yeah, no, that's how I felt too. I really enjoyed talking to Callie. I was just, it meant a lot for her to take that time to talk to me, you know, in a foreign land, 
Oh my goodness. Anyway. <laughs> He's so, so extra. <laughs> yeah. So we both lost touch because he started doing that program. And then I also was just, that's when I went to Dubai and I was in Germany and England and all this different stuff. So I, I was, yeah, I just dropped off the grid. So we didn't really talk. But then around Christmas time, you reached out to me because mm-hmm. you were going to go to this Christian conference, GYC, mm-hmm. and asked if I was going, but I was going to a wedding. Hi, Joanne and Ryan. It's a couple who got married. Yeah, that's who got married. So... Yeah, we just talked a little bit, but nothing really deep. But I do remember I got on a social media fast in January, but I was enjoying our conversation so much that I wanted to get your number so we could actually talk. Uh-oh. And so now at this point in the story, sometimes when people hear it, they're like, oh, that means you like totally liked him. But this is actually for me empirical proof mm. that I did not like you. Right. Because when I like people... Right. I do everything possible to make it look like I do not like that person. Mm. Yes. Mm. Which mm. Is, is that true, David? Tell us. Can you? Can you? Tell us. No, for real. She's. It's true. It's true. <laughs> She's the most. Okay. Cunning. Careful. Careful. In a good way. <laughs> She's very cunning in a good way. She's very strategic. Yeah. Good. Good. In how she approaches her relationships. Yes. So basically if I'd liked David, I wouldn't have asked for his number because that would look like I like him. But anyways, yeah, I just like talking to him. And especially at that point we were just talking about books and I love talking to book, I love talking to books. I love talking to people about books Mm. and I have a very specific taste in books. And so the fact that David liked it too, I was like, this dude's so cool. So anyways, yes, we talked, but I mean, it was like once a week, once every two weeks or not once, Mm -hmm. like twice a week max. Yeah. But then in March, something happened. What happened in March? So if you live in the U.S. and you went to college there, (laughs) then you know March is usually spring break time. And spring break, people usually go to the beaches. They go to warm areas, especially in in places like Michigan. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Which snow like crazy. So where did you go? I went to Washington, D.C., which also had... Because Cali was there. That's why I went. No, that's not why I went. That's not what you went. (laughs) um, A group of us went to D.C. We decided to go to D.C., tour D.C., CDC. um, So many. CDC, all the D.C. Okay, all right, so much. So, and Cali lived there in (laughs) Maryland, Mm -hmm. which is right next to it. And so we found opportunity to hang out with her. Not just me. Like, she came and hung out with a group. Yeah, yeah. And she was friends with a lot of people there. Mm -hmm. But a there were a few times where we got to talk. Yeah. Um, you noticed I was wearing mascara. And and, it wasn't oh, yes. bad for you. But yeah, there was a day I noticed she was wearing mascara. My best friend and I noticed she was wearing mascara. <laughs> and we were trying to break down, like, why was she wearing mascara? Because she never wears mascara. I don't she wear never makeup. wears makeup. I just don't. And we were trying to find out who she was wearing mascara for. <laughs> Yes. But I was secretly hoping it was for me. And then on Friday night for worship, you guys came over to my house. You met my dad and my stepmom, my youngest brother. I did. That was intense. <laughs> I that guess was, it was intense. Yeah. It was, and, it was intense because in I started to, you know, like, you know when you start to like someone, you, know, you just want to find out everything about their world. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, wow, this is a lot. Like, I already know her family, but, but nobody knows that I like her. So <laughs> That's why my dad was teasing normal, you at the wedding. Normal. My dad was teasing you at the wedding that you did reconnaissance. Reconnaissance. Reconnaissance, yeah. yeah you were spying. So, my, yeah, her dad actually remembers that time. It was like, <laughs> this brother. <laughs> he was fine. Yeah, and then that Saturday night, we all went out to lunch or to dinner together, and Jonathan ended up asking me, "So what do you what do you want in a guy?" Hmm. And I very consciously answered that question. Yeah, knowing that you're sitting right next to me. Yeah, and she wasn't like, "I want a." 
big dark man. <laughs> My goodness. Tall, dark and handsome <laughs> so from crazy. the African continent. Yeah, I, did, I didn't say any of that. I was very I was very particular about saying things that were true and saying things that would include David, but not saying anything that would like point to David. So I was just very strategic. Again, very strategic. <laughs> very I strategic. am as a person. And very confusing. Like that left me <laughs> completely confused. Yeah. Completely confused. I'd say I'm like, sorry, but I'm not. Like, if come on, ladies out there, like, would you do that in front <laughs> of the, the guy you like is sitting right next to you and someone that's you, so tell us, what do you look for in a guy? How do you so answer you, that question? So then are you How telling you me, that question? are you telling me if Jonathan had been like, so David, what do you want in a woman? You would have been like, you know, I just really like girls from Maryland who have slight lisps. I'm nah, just really bro. attracted to that. <laughs> I would have just been like, ah, man, you know, I'm not even a, like... Of course, a woman who's beautiful, inside and out, is godly. I, I, I would have been so brief and like just answered like but any also, generic way. But that's also who we are. You as are people. so specific. But that's who I am as a person. I didn't know that. <laughs> but you know that now. So you know it wasn't personal. It's just who I am. Well, I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm talking about the confusing feelings that I felt <laughs> at that time. That's fair. I still I'm not sorry, but I love you, and I'm sorry for what you went through. <laughs> Anyways, so then, so that was March in 2015, and then we didn't see each other again till October of that same year, but we, we talked basically every single day between mm-hmm. March and October. and Texting, voice notes, yeah, actually, emails. I actually ended up hiring you for a position within the R3 department, the mission department. Uh-oh. Yeah. Very strategic. I tried to not hire you because I was like convicted to hire you, that you're the best person to hire, but like I didn't want to hire you because I liked you. So I compromised by giving you the hardest interview ever. Unfortunately, you still did a great job and I'd hire you. But anyways. Yeah. I actually bombed that interview. You didn't. I did. No. I did. Nope. I remember. That's the, that's the worst interview. I've done a lot of interviews, babe. <laughs> From 2015 to now. And that was still the worst interview. I was interview. looking for a reason. Isn't that funny? The worst interview I ever had <laughs> was, with, was with my future wife. Isn't that crazy? Anyways, and she still hired me. This is why and she still married me, actually. This is why it's good to be really good you know, in interviews. You might be interviewed by your future spouse. Huh? There you go. Probably not, but it's yeah. possible. So that's the end of today's podcast. <laughs> Do good in interviews. You're welcome. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, we we just kept talking and talking and talking. And, you know, I was able to, what's the word, deny to myself, to Emily. Sorry, Emily. Thanks for sticking with Her me. Her best friend. Yeah, thanks for sticking with me, Emily, through it all. But by the time June came around, so my birthday is June 27th, and I remember pleading with Jesus for David to tell me that he liked me for a birthday present. It did not happen, but it's okay. Oh. <laughs> you didn't give me what I well, wanted for my birthday. Well, I can birthday. give it to you this coming birthday the birthday is in five days six days of this recording so yeah i'll tell you you'll get it okay thanks thanks for that anyways so yeah it was just but it became more and more difficult for us to i guess really pretend something was happening Mm -hmm. that what like we couldn't be like oh we're just friends you weren't talking to any girls like that i wasn't talking to any guys like that Mm -hmm. so clearly there was something about our relationship that was shifting, which which led to what happened in October, mm-hmm. which is basically where we talked about that we liked each other, but we'll talk about that later. But I want to shift gears now because I want to talk about, again, just something that happens a lot in this phase. And by this phase, I mean this time that you're really getting to know someone, you know, you, you like them, you're interested, whatever part of the continuum you are. Hello, Sebastian. Um, 
but there's there's a lot of room for misunderstanding, mm-hmm. for selfishness, for mm-hmm. cowardice, for hurt feelings, for all kinds of stuff here. And I think a term that we use in different ways is to talk about this is the concept of trifling with someone. Or trif- trifling. <laughs> yeah, trifling with their feelings, with their emotions. Mm. But, you know, there's a lot of different definitions, as David just said in this phrase right there. But when we're talking about trifling, we mean to treat without seriousness or respect, to treat lightly, treat casually, frivolously, to toy with someone. Play with. Yeah, to play with them. So so treating something, I would say Callie's definition is treating something without seriousness that actually demands seriousness. Mm, 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 yeah, mm. Th- thank you for that. Thank you for that. Treating something without seriousness that demands seriousness. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I think the idea of, of trifling here is, you know, Dave and I could have gone throughout, we could have gone throughout this phase and for whatever reason been like, well, we're just going to keep going down this path. But the question is like, what, where are we going? Like, what's this path? Mm-hmm. We should keep talking more and more. Like what, what are we doing? Yeah. So. And, and the more we did not disclose how we felt, the more emotional confusion and emotional anxiety so much anxiety caused the both of us uh. if we didn't disclose how we felt just because like i mean for this particular context this particular relationship we both weren't sure that the other person liked each other yeah i was so convinced you didn't like me and i think a lot of times people do face that it's like i'm not sure if she likes me yeah i need to know that she likes me before i tell her mm. but i Personally, I felt like I needed to tell her despite not being sure. Yeah, I prayed um, I prayed that Jesus would convict the heck out of you. Mm-hmm. And in other relationships, you find that you have this similar scenario where either a guy, either a girl is asking, what are we? Mm. What is this? Mm. And they're not asking that question to the person that they need to ask it to. They're probably talking to their friends, talking to a mentor. Like, I don't understand. What are we? He's not clear. He hasn't made it clear or she hasn't said anything. Mm -hmm. And so this goes on for weeks, for months, sometimes years. Mm -hmm. And you're just either playing with each other or somebody's playing with you or you're playing with someone. And it causes so much emotional pain suffering and suffering that is needless and so that's why we want to talk about trifling today Mm -hmm. and so we first want to talk and ask ourselves why do people trifle i have opinions about like why do people treat (laughs) relationships without seriousness when it demands seriousness why do they treat it lightly why do they treat it casually so i think the first reason that people trifle is because of ignorance. Mm. People don't know that they're trifling. Mm. We at times don't realize the impact that our behaviors, our words, our actions have on other people. And so what we think is just a nonchalant, casual interaction is affecting someone in such an impactful way. And you actually told me this analogy that makes me make sense of it mm-hmm. is the sword pillow analogy. I got it from Sebastian. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Sebastian. <laughs> Where to certain people, we are swords and they are pillows. So a sword impacting a pillow doesn't really feel... The pillow. The pillow. But the pillow feels the sword. But the pillow for sure feels the sword. Yeah. And so as the person as the sword, you might be trifling through your words, through your actions, 
and impacting somebody so much and you don't even know it. Mm. And so I think that's where the ignorance comes in. I think another way ignorance is impacted is because we see maybe in our in our families, like our parents or uh, our cousins, or even just in, in media, and we see these pictures of relationships and people actually traveling with each other, we're like, wow, they are goals. Like, no, they're not goals, okay? They are mm-hmm. trifling with people. Like, this is why I hate certain TV shows, <laughs> mm-hmm. because they're just modeling such toxic and honestly downright abusive relationships. But people are like, oh my goodness, they're so in love, it's so beautiful. But it's mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're ignorant of the truth. And mm-hmm. so you model what looks cool to you and you have no idea that what you're doing is actually destructive to you and someone else. Mm. Yeah. And I think also another bit is that the framework of our relationships uh, sometimes enables trifling or our friendships because we're not defining what that relationship is. And so if you don't define what a relationship is... You're just kind of floating around in ignorance. Yeah, you're just floating around in ignorance. Like you might I don't know, talk about all these manner of subjects, talk at certain times of the day, of the night, and you realize that this person who's your friend is interacting with you in such a way that you're being so impacted, but they have no idea the impact they're having on you because there's no definition for what your friendship or what your relationship looks like. Yeah, no one's saying anything. And all of a sudden you realize that you're just so emotionally attached to this person And you're like, man, why does this person hurt me so much or make me feel this way? And they're just like, what? We're just friends. What are you talking about? But it's also likely that those conversations I never had. And so a lot of it happens through ignorance. And even in that example you just gave, the person who's like, what are you talking about? Demonstrates a very intense lack of Mm self-awareness. Because just because you have a sword doesn't mean... Like, oh, we have a sword. Nobody knows. That's fine. Like, when you have a sword, you should get to know yourself, understand they have a sword, and pay attention. Mm -hmm. So we're not even saying ignorance like, oh, they don't know. It's fine. We're not saying it's fine because trifling is not fine. But it is something that, you know, because you trifle doesn't make you a terrible person. It just means you have a very bad habit that needs to be overcome. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. ignorance, though, it doesn't mean that, like, yeah, it doesn't mean it's fine. It means you need to learn about yourself, too. Mm. Exactly. Another reason people trifle is because of insecurity. Mm. So like unmet needs, just instability about how you feel about yourself. Mm. Because it feels really good to just rack up people who like you and just get that affection. Mm -hmm. But if you commit to one person, that means you have to like stop fishing for affection everywhere. So you never commit. You're just like, I like you. Yeah, you're cute. Okay, come here. And you just kind of gather it like points. Mm. And this really speaks to me, not even just in the romantic realm, but I did this a lot with friendships. Mm. I did a lot in high school where I want to get someone to trust me and consider me their best friend. Mm -hmm. But as soon as they said, wow, Callie, like you're my best friend. It was like a switch went off in my head. I'm like, this person is now conquered. I will now find a new victim. Mm. Like that sounds super creepy, but that's just how I saw like friends are just I'm just here to get affection. I'm just here to like get you to like me a lot. And then once I have that, I'm bored. I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. And that was a very common trend that I did. And But it was because of my insecurity. Mm-hmm. If I just felt if I got enough people to like me, I got enough people's affection, enough people's trust, then I'd feel better about myself. Plot twist. Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So 
that same thing though can happen in romantic relationships where we're like, oh yeah, when I get this person to like me or get their affection and then they like you and you're like, wow, it's so strange. I still feel terrible about myself. Like, yeah, because someone liking you is not going to fix that. Mm. But we don't know that. So Mm. we're just broken cisterns, man, trying to pour water into a broken pot that can't hold anything. Mm -hmm. And so we hurt other people in the way because they're like, they're not broken pots. And they're like, but I like you. And we're like, yeah, well, okay, so I can't, I can't stay here. Mm -hmm. But it's, we just can't commit. And we're just using people to fill our insecurity and not actually give and take in a loving relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think another way this manifests itself is, so for example, if you're in a relationship, like it could a be a one. committed one, yeah, mm-hmm. committed one, or a marriage, mm-hmm. and you you get to a point where like you're past the infatuation stage, you know, the flirting, all the flirting and stuff, and you get to a point where that aspect is not carried forward. Okay. And so people miss that aspect. Mm. They, you know, they they miss the flirtatious like the you know like i like this person the feelings of adoration and those novel feelings and so they look for that elsewhere Mm -hmm. even while still in a committed relationship it's like i just want to see if i still have game (laughs) or i still i just i still want to see if i can get the the most pretty girl or the most handsome guy at work to still mm-hmm. look at me, to mm-hmm. still find me beautiful, to still have a conversation but with I, me. I love, I love my spouse. Yeah, I but I love spouse. my husband. We're not going to do anything. Yeah, yeah I just want to get their attention. Yeah, That's we're not going to do anything. I just want to, you know? Yeah. And I mean, bruh. And, so, I mean, so, and sometimes people are just like, they want to stop it there and they think it's fine. Yeah. Sometimes it goes even further and yeah, it, like, it, it can lead to almost an affair. It's rare that affairs start with, I want to sleep with this person who's not my spouse. Yeah, exactly. It starts exactly. with an unmet need and insecurity, just like you outlined. Yeah, it yeah. usually starts with that, with the unmet need. And at the end of the day, the person who gets the worst end of the stick is the person on the outside. Because you're, you're still going to go back. To, like, a lot of times, especially in hidden affairs, you just go back to their marriage and they just leave you hanging. Yeah, which they um, should go back to their marriage and I'm not saying they shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so on the flip side, people who are single they might know that they want to commit to a specific kind of person. So let's say like you're, you're a Christian and you want somebody who is church going, is dedicated to family, and you're waiting to commit long-term to that person, but maybe you haven't found them yet. And so in the meantime, let me trifle with all these other people who don't exactly check all the lists. Of I'm just what, having fun. Yeah, I'm just having fun. I'm getting you know? to know people. I'm just getting to know people, like just meeting this need that I have while waiting for that person to commit to. And so you find a lot of single people doing this as well. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't call that dating because you you know that this person is does not meet your criteria. You know it's going to go nowhere. Like you know that this there's a huge roadblock, but you just kind of convince yourself or justify yourself to play games, even though you know you're not going to commit. This person might think you might commit, but you're not. That's that's trifling right there. And and again, to be honest, to be vulnerable here, I personally did this in, in college. Do I know the story? I don't know. <gasps> Tell me the story. <laughs> of course, but of course, for the privacy, I can't be too specific. And I, and I, I say this because I know a lot of oh, I the story. Christian young men do this. Mm-hmm. Is that they, they begin getting into 
I wouldn't even say relationships. Close friendships. Close exclusive friendships with uh, members of the opposite gender <laughs> who they know are not like... You're not going to marry them. You're not going to marry them. No. You know you're not going to marry them either because maybe they don't align with your values, your beliefs. There's a very clear reason why this would not amount into a lifelong relationship. Mm -hmm. But because it's easy, because they're not going to call you out... Because you can tell they like you too. Yeah, because they like you too. And they're not going to call you out on your BS because they don't know your values. They don't know wh what your standards of relationships are. They're just like doing their thing. And so like it's so easy to get entangled <laughs> with them. Mm -hmm. And nobody knows because, because again, everyone, it's outside. Everyone's a, everyone's a willing participant. Exactly. And it's outside of your accountability space. Like mm -hmm. it's secretive. You know, most of your friends don't know about this interaction that you're having with them. And it's just so easy to get involved in these situations. And man, like it, it never ends well. It never ends well. How did and yours end? It didn't end well. Essentially, the, the other person got to a point where I was asking for, I, it's like I was, I was demanding so much of her affection. Mm -hmm. Yet it got to a point where she's like, you know, what are, uh, what are we? Are we going to get into a relationship? And she clearly wanted the relationship. Mm -hmm. And I knew the whole time, you which is like, I feel so bad about this, even talking about it. I knew the whole time that I couldn't get into a relationship with her. Mm. And it was just that, I mean, that was straight up trifling, man. Yeah. And it just affected our friendship forever. Like we couldn't, yeah, we just couldn't get back to the same place. And she also realized mm -hmm. that I could have never done it. And it was just terrible. So that is, yeah, that is a form so of trifling. So why did you do that, though? Like, what was your motivation? Um, I got to think about it. Like, were you insecure? Were you bored? Like, what was it? No, we were just really good friends and we got along. Mm. And we, I, we just enjoyed each other's company. We enjoyed each other's affection. We got along really well. I mean, and it was just like, I like this person and they like me. Yeah. And let's just keep it going. But at the end of the day, I didn't take stock i knew it wasn't gonna go yeah anywhere and it's like let me just enjoy this yeah i think for me there was a time that i trifled with someone and it was because of insecurity i was just at a place where i was having strained friendships and i felt like people were against me i was on a service project and i felt really alone and i could tell this person liked me and mm. so i entertained their affections but they were married Mm. And like, even in our friendship, he even told me that he cheated on his wife before. And so I was oh, like, wow. this dude is a terrible person. But because I was feeling really insecure and lonely mm. and I, and same thing, I'm like, well, this is going to go nowhere because one, the dude's married. Second of all, we live in different continents. Third, like there were so many reasons why this would go nowhere. Mm -hmm. But I just. Did you, you didn't even like him yourself. No, I didn't at all. Like zero. Yeah. So I think that's important to note because. Some of us may think it's trifling if we like the person. Yeah, you can trifle someone who just likes but you. But like you, yeah, and you know, you can justify. Like some people might be like, "But it's not my fault yeah, how I don't they like feel." Them. Like, I'm sorry, I'm so attractive. Yeah, like, it's no, like no, it's no. not my responsibility how <laughs> you feel towards me. I'm just being a friend. And it's what true. Yeah, some people can tell more than others. I am uh, blessed or cursed with a pretty good level of observation. And every time he looked at me, I could tell. He was looking at me. He wasn't just like, oh, there's my pal Callie. That was not what was in his head. And so I entertained that and I always laughed at his jokes in a very 
girly way. You know, all these different things that I just did. Do you laugh my jokes in a girly way? I, I think you're actually funny, though. Oh. Oh, I, ouch. Wow. I didn't even think it was funny. That's what I'm telling you. Like, I just... I enjoyed his affection because I felt so, like, alienated from these other people. Mm. So I was using him to fulfill this desire to be liked Mm -hmm. and cared about. Mm -hmm. And I still feel bad about that, as I should. So, yeah, I think there's different reasons, even in insecurity and even in trifling. And I think you Mm -hmm. bring a really good point. You don't have to like a person to trifle with them. Mm. The last reason I want to draw attention to, which might sound harsh, but it's really, really true. And that is... A big reason why people trifle is because they're being a coward. Mm. So trifling essentially is asking for intimacy without paying with commitment. Mm. So you want exclusivity, you want intimacy, you want whatever, but you're not willing to tell people about this person. You're not willing to call them your boyfriend or girlfriend. You're not willing to be honest about your timelines. You're just like, I just really like you. Like, yeah, what are we? We're like, no, don't ask those questions. Just come back over here. Like that, mm-hmm. that is trifling because you're gathering something without paying the price, the rightful price mm. for intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so I understand that cowardice, you know, it often stems from insecurity or it stems from ignorance, but cowardice is cowardice no matter how it comes about. Mm. When you told me that you liked me, right? Mm -hmm. In that conversation, because I'm a great strategist, you didn't know (laughs) for sure that I liked you. Mm -hmm. So it was a risk. We've talked about this already. It was a risk for you to tell me Mm -hmm. that you liked me because it was completely possible that I would be like, you know, David, I really appreciate your courage um, for telling me this, but I just, I really just see you as a brother in Christ. (laughs) Like I could have said that. Yeah. I could have, Mm -hmm. but I didn't. I was ready for that. Yeah. Because well, I was ready for that. <laughs> you would have been sad. I'd have been sad. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> but I just had to do what I had to do. Yeah. So you were convicted. But that's the thing is, so you were being brave, mm. right? Because you could have been like, you know, I don't know if Kyle likes me, so I'm just not going to say anything. That would have been taking the coward route. Mm-hmm. Because it, it takes cowardice to be like, I don't know if this will work out, like I have no, and I'm not talking about when you're like, this person isn't right for me. I'm talking about when you're like, there's no reason you're just scared of commitment. You're just scared. The person doesn't like you back. So you're not going to have a clarifying conversation. Those things, even if it's because of hurts in the past, you're still being a coward. Mm. And you know, I've tried with other people too, because I didn't want to have that conversation. I could tell this person kind of liked me. I kind of liked them too. I knew it was going to go nowhere, but I wasn't being woman enough to mm. be like, hey, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's awkward. You know, even so a few years ago, I was on Facebook still and someone messaged me from somewhere that I spoke. Mm-hmm. I gave a presentation and they're like, hey, I really like your presentation. I'm like, praise God. I have no idea who you are, but thanks. And they're like, yeah, you know, I also enjoyed your singing because I sang at this place too. I'm like, praise God, thanks. They're like, yeah, you sing really well. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for all the compliments. Please stop. And they're you like, sing very well. Thanks, babe. And he was like, yeah, you know, I hope you can come back again and bring your beautiful smile. And I'm like, oh, mm. Mm. okay, mm. that's a no mm. for me. Mm. But you know, as, no. you know, as women, sometimes we're just like, oh, he's just being nice. No, no, no. So, but I let it go once and I was like, praise God. Appreciate you, brother. You know, I'm trying to really lay it on thick. <laughs> like, don't do that. But he was like, yeah, I hope you can grace us with your presence again and bring your beautiful self and da, 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 da. And so 
I gave him a way out, but I still said a, I still said what I had to say, and I said, you should be careful with what you say sometimes because people will take what you're saying as flirting, so you should be more careful with how you talk. Brother. Brother. <laughs> I don't think I said brother. And he's like, oh, okay, and then he never responded. So, you know, I was nice. I wasn't like, stop flirting with me. So I gave him a way out. I just said, you're coming across. But even there, it's easy to be like, oh, thanks, oh, thanks, oh, thanks, oh, thanks. Like, no, 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 stop it. Don't be a coward. Just say it and lay your boundary. And it can be uncomfortable because then like, oh, I wasn't flirting with you. So, you know, take my way. Be like, you know, if you keep talking like that, people are going to think you're flirting. Mm-hmm. You know, give them a way out. But mm-hmm. yeah, so I just think cowardice is a really big thing. And, you know, we can be cowards for different reasons. We're cowards because we don't know the future. We're cowards because we're scared we're going to get hurt. We're cowards because that's actually the biggest one is we're scared we're going to get hurt. But we've already talked about this, right? Mm-hmm. Love requires risk. Mm. I think another reason for cowardice that I can relate to personally okay. is we're cowards because we don't want to hurt other people. That's true. We don't want people to I'm not be really hurt. Like that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's me, man. That's David. Yeah, and an uh, example what, of this. That's a really good point. Yeah, an example of this is if similar to the situation I had where, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll change it a bit here is if you're in a friendship with someone mm-hmm. and you're considering them to be in a serious relationship you're pursuing that direction mm-hmm. it's exclusive you're talking consistently it's like very clear that you're going in that direction mm-hmm. and maybe they might meet all the criteria mm-hmm. or not but you know you're for one reason or another you're not ready to take that next step they are they're convinced that you might be, but for some reason, you are not ready to take that next step. Mm-hmm. And you know you need to share that because it's going to hurt them yeah. if you don't. But then knowing that will mean that they'll get super hurt to hear that you're like, it's like, what? You're not ready? Yeah, you don't like me this much? You're going this direction. We're what going in this direction. like, And... You also know that that means that you'll have to probably pause the relationship where it is. Because you might have to give it up all completely. You might have to give it up all completely. Like, you can't have the best of both worlds. Like, oh, we can still be friends. We can still be intimate and emotionally close. But then it's like, no, the reason why we're intimate and we're emotionally close is because I see you being so-and-so to me. Like, I see you being my boyfriend. I see you being my girlfriend. I see you being my fiance or whatever yeah but you can't just have that when you're not ready to move to the next level mm-hmm. uh like what you said like you're getting the rewards without paying the, the price yeah. for the commitment and so i think that's another way cowardice comes into play like being afraid that the other person will be hurt mm-hmm. and disappointing them by being true about your feelings or true about your values or your principles or how you feel and also I guess being afraid to lose that friendship. Yeah, I was going to say, that's you're also being selfish. Mm, there you go. Mm. You're being selfish because you're like, man, I just but I like it. Yeah, but and we like, have such a good friendship. Yeah, I don't want to ruin it. But I like it and I want to keep it. But like that's that's not yours to have. Those are That's stolen intimacy. So just because you've gotten used to it doesn't mean it belongs to you. You haven't paid for that, so you need to give it back. And it's going to be painful for you and that person, but that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. If you're not willing to pay for it, put it back. Mm. It's not yours. Mm. 
Yeah. So just some really quick tips. How can you tell if someone is trifling and how can you deal with it? So how can you tell if someone's trifling with you? Yes, like, okay, exactly. If you're the recipient. Yeah. I think two things that really stick out to me is one, I've said it like 3,000 times, but if there's an imbalance in intimacy and commitment. Mm. So do they want all these things from you, but they're never telling your friend their friends about you? Or mm -hmm. there's no title. So there's lack of definition, a second thing. Like, there's no definition of what this is. Mm. There's no boundaries. Like they could be very well having this kind of whatever this is with other people because there's no boundaries. Mm -hmm. So those are some things that stick out to me. Mm. It's like, oh, I don't want to meet your family. Yeah. But yeah, but let's travel to another part of the world or together. They, or they crop you out of all their pictures. Oof. Yeah, man, people do that. Oh, I just, you know. No, 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 no. Do not. No, no, mm. no. Listen, if you're holding my hand, if we are kissing, if I'm telling you about my heart, I better mm. be in all your pictures. Yeah, you know, my ex, you know. <laughs> she's she, crazy. She'll she's find crazy, you. crazy, man. She'll, like, blast you, bro. So on the, on the point of definition and boundaries, all relationship stages are defined by boundaries. If you think about it, mm -hmm. like the difference between a friendship and a marriage is boundaries. Yeah. The difference between courtship and a marriage is boundaries. Yeah. The difference, like it's all boundaries. <laughs> yeah. It's that's what defines the relationship is like mm -hmm. within this. That's true. Contained. I hadn't thought about that before. Yeah. It's literally all boundaries. Like even if you just talk, even if you look at nature, <laughs> what makes the oh, sun, the sun. There it goes is boundaries what makes the moon the moon is boundaries it's like everything like a chair is a chair because it has these specific boundaries that define its dimensions and its shape and you're getting super deep right now like that's that's what makes a chair a chair because it has boundaries without boundaries there's no meaning to elements of existence true and a boundary is just as much about what you don't do as it is what you do mm, that's definitely true right so like a chair is not for, you know, a chair is a chair for sitting, but a chair is not a chair for like, uh, let's go back to the relationship applications. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, a friendship is not a courtship because in a friendship you don't have any romance. Exactly. Exactly. And that's fine. Yeah. You just don't do it. That's what makes it a friendship. Mm -hmm. And so defining what it is definitely helps in general beyond just trifling. It helps you understand what stage you are in the relationship. And boundaries are super, super key to ensuring that you're not being trifled with, they're not trifling. It's being sure to regularly redefine what the relationship is at that specific point in time. And an easy way to discern that is to see if this relationship is different from other relationships of the same kind. Mm -hmm. So if this person is your friend, what's different about them than your other friends? Yeah, there should be a difference. There should be a difference, right? And like, if they're trifling with you, then there's something unique about this relationship mm -hmm. that's not being defined well. And yeah, so I think that helps. Yeah, and a way to deal with this in a very simplistic way is if you're being trifled with, or even if you're just like, maybe I am, is to confront that person. Hmm. Ask the hard questions. Asking them about the definitions. Asking them about boundaries. Asking them about commitment. What are we? And hold them accountable to their answers. I know it's hard, especially because if you're being trifled with, it means you really like that person. Hmm. And it means you enjoy them. So it's hard to hold that kind of person accountable, but you need to. 
And then whatever their answers are, maybe they're just trifling with you because they don't know any better. You work through that and maybe you can have a relationship. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're trifling with you in a way that you cannot salvage this relationship Mm -hmm. and you have to do what needs to be done. You need to stop that relationship full stop. Mm -hmm. And that's very difficult, but you need to be willing to do that for the sake of your own heart. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, you know, if you're someone who trifles with someone else, whether because you're a coward, you're insecure, you're ignorant, some other reason we covered, you're selfish, or you just you struggle with these things, right? And I want to be clear, trifling is terrible, but if you struggle with trifling with other people, we're not telling you that you're a terrible person, right? All people are redeemable. So the idea here, though, is to recognize this is a very bad practice that needs to be overcome. So if you're trifling with other people, first of all, if you're currently doing that, you need to own up to that and be honest in those relationships. If you want it to go somewhere, say that. If you don't, say that too. Mm. And own your decision with kindness and with honesty and just say it. And then even outside of, you know, really talking to a particular person, just in the overall pattern, you need to realize and figure out why you are doing that Mm. and work through those issues. So if it's because you're a coward, you need to work through that. Because you're insecure, work through that. Ignorant, work through that. Whatever it is, you need to find the real reason behind it and work through that by God's grace. Mm. Yeah. And another thing is ask people to hold you accountable Mm. to that specific aspect you're struggling with when it comes to trifling. Be vulnerable with uh, somebody who you can trust that you're struggling with this. So a good way to do that is to let people in on your life. So let's say you have a close friend and they're the ones that knows when you're pursuing romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. So they should know about all the people you're talking to. And they're the person that throughout the whole relationship, even from the beginning, can ask you, all right, what are you doing? You having fun? Mm -hmm. You like this person? Like for real, for real? Like what what are you thinking? Mm -hmm. So being able to ask you and hold you accountable and they actually know. Of course, you don't need to like give them a taping of every single conversation you have with this person. Mm -hmm. The idea is they can always check in on you and be like, okay, so where do you see this going? You can ask them to be your person. Mm -hmm. Are you like, do you really see it? Go Like, do they check off these things? How's it going so far? Mm -hmm. Someone who can ask you those difficult questions and you'll give them your honest answer. Someone that you won't hide five different conversations from at the same time. Exactly. And you're willing to listen to the recommendations mm-hmm. um, to cut it off, to uh, yeah, just do the right thing because it, it hurts sometimes to stop trifling again. If you don't want to hurt the feelings of the other person, if you don't want to lose a friendship, mm-hmm. you got to be willing to be accountable to losing something in order to gain something better. Better. And so all that to say that Callie and I eventually got to this place where we decided to have the conversation with each other. And we hope to tell you about that on a future episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell us your thoughts about what you think about trifling. Are there any points we we missed out that you'd love to emphasize? Let us know on Instagram at David Buruchara or at Callie Buruchara. And we'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you so much again for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Down to Earth with the Buchars. You're being selfish because you're like, man, I just, but I like it. But and we like, have such a good friendship. Yeah, I don't want to ruin it. But I like this place of purgatory. Now, purgatory is right next to hell, okay? It's a bad oh, place. okay. So don't... Yeah. Okay, purgatory is not real, but still. Let me not take, <laughs> let's take that out. <laughs> <laughs>
Bring it to his next show. <laughs> you devil. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. What's the next thing?